How's it going, everybody? Aloha from Boise, Idaho, for a very special edition of Bo's Football Final here at KHON2.com, brought to you by KFC and Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union. I'm Rob DeMello, and joining me as always, former University of Hawaii player and coach Rich Miano and coach, the time has come. We are in freezing weather in Boise, Idaho, but being here at the Mountain West Conference Championship game venue of Albertson Stadium against a nationally ranked opponent in Boise State, number 19 in the latest college football playoff ranking. For the University of Hawaii to be in this position, how significant of a moment is this for UH football? I think it's huge for UH football. I think it's huge for the state of Hawaii. I mean, when you think about these players, this coaching staff, when they set their goals at the beginning of the year, obviously it was to play in a bowl game, and they have accomplished that very early in this season. But to be in a Mountain West championship at Boise State, the team that has the most titles, the most credibility, the most national uh, recognition, and then to be in the cold weather at a venue that I think is maybe the best in the Mountain West Conference, a fan base that's the most loyal, it's going to be hyped. And I know that the players, the coaches, and the state of Hawaii is looking forward to it, and I can't wait for Saturday. Absolutely. We have so much to talk about in regards to this game and the University of Hawaii's position in this game as we start looking ahead to Saturday. But uh, something very significant happened a couple of days ago, and that was Nick Rolovich, University mm -hmm. of Hawaii head football coach, being named Mountain West Conference Coach of the Year. And when you look at what he's been able to accomplish in his four years, it, it was four years to the day of beating Army that he was standing at the podium at the University of Hawaii accepting the head coaching job where he said, we were great once. We can be great again. He, he brought up Defend Pride Rock into the, the lore of University of Hawaii Athletics. And then to see what he's been able to do with three bowl game appearances. Mm -hmm. He has nine wins this season, which is something that's only been done over a dozen times in this program's history in Division I football. And it goes back 45 years playing in a conference title game for the very first time. Uh, just how big of a leap has this program made under Nick Rolovich and, and then specifically this year for him to win that honor? Uh, how big is that? I think it's huge. You know, you can go back, and I go back a long time to whether it's Dick Tomey, Bob Wagner, June Jones, and for Nick Rolovich to come in and take this program when really it was down. I mean, and uh, the whole state, you could feel that this program was reliant upon a great football program in the state of Hawaii's pride and for to do what he's done in four years and this coaching staff has to get a lot of credit for that as well but he put that coaching staff together for the amount of players both locally and on the mainland that have created this hype created this uh, conference championship game I think in the short time that he's done that I mean from pride rock to you know all the other slogans and, and, and the pride in this program has really grown uh, in, uh, insurmountable in terms of what he's done in such a short period you got to really hand it to he his staff his players and everybody affiliated and associated with this football program has a lot to be proud about yeah absolutely and someone that should be proud of themselves as well Cedric Bird the only player named to the first team of the Mountain West Conference all honors squad uh, he's a 1,000 yard receiver but the only one like I said named to the first team 11 players in total were named in some form second team honorable mention of course coach of the year what what does that say about this program and about this specific team where you only have one player that mm -hmm. is worthy uh, you know to the Mountain West Conference award voters that is one of the best players in the conference but you have a lot of players that are recognized as 
as players that should be mm -hmm. honored. But what does that say about what this team has been able to accomplish? Well, I think, first of all, it should start by saying I think Cole McDonald is probably should have been the offensive player of the year in this conference. Il Manning could have been the first team offensive tackle. Blessman Ta'ala had played well enough to be first team defensive line. And then Roe Ferris, I think, also should be uh, mentioned in that same category in terms of first team all Mountain West Conference. But when you talk about the numbers, 11 players of this team that either made first, second team, or honorable mention shows you the depth of recruiting. It shows you the quality of this program. And I like to compare it to the New England Patriots in terms of you don't have to have a bunch of superstars or three or four of those guys that are on first team. It's a lot better when you have 11 guys that are contributing on a very high level. And it shows you the quality uh, of this team and the fact that it is a team and it doesn't rely on superstars. It relies on everybody doing their job and really uh, it goes back to, again, recruiting and I think the boots on the ground both locally and on the mainland has paid dividends for Hawaii. Absolutely and when you look at this team and how they were able to accomplish the nine victories in the season it wasn't that long ago that they seemed dead to rights as far as the West Division goes that lost to Fresno State you know although not mathematically obviously but realistically knocked them out of title contention you needed help and you got it in the form of Nevada knocking off San Diego State but then they still had to take care of business themselves and they beat good teams along the way a San Jose State team that mm -hmm. has given everyone fits in this conference including the Boise State Broncos who the Rainbow Warriors are going to see very soon um, then you look at beating a UNLV team that just a week after picks up a big win mm -hmm. themselves to close out their year they beat San Diego State obviously in the West Division title game the de facto game they were able to handle the business that they were able to handle but how did they get to this point how did they go from a team that seemed to be out of it a team that that you know seemed to have so much potential but was going to come up short to being able to win the West Division and put themselves in this position into playing one of the biggest games in the program's history here in just two days. Well, I think it, it all started with, uh, you can go back to the offseason in terms of strength and conditioning and Dwayne Brasher. You can also go back to the fact that this coaching staff was all coming back. The 18 returning starters plus the two on special teams. And I thought this team was a destiny. Then the Cheyenne Sanitoa situation that I think really is the 12th man on this football team and what drives these guys to seek championships and play at their highest level and then I think you can talk about you know the fact that look at the captains the initial captains you know Jason Matthew Sharsh, Azia Se'e, uh, guys like Kaimana Padello, guys that start off as walk-ons the Dayton Ferutas and then naming Cole McDonald kind of in the middle of the season as the fifth captain so I think everything that has transpired this year created a team of destiny and then when you look at the last part of this football season it's when the defense really started to believe in themselves and believe in the coaches in really doing their responsibilities and, and playing better technique and alignment and assignment and all those things because we always knew that this offense was capable of scoring a lot of points and that's because of Nick Rolovich, Brian Smith, Craig Stutzman, Andre Allen and Mark Weber they've done a great job offensively so I think even special teams Michael Gobriel's done a really nice job with the kicker and the punter and the cover units so this has been a team of destiny and here we are come this Saturday to see if we are not only a team of destiny but a team of champions you brought up so many units so many players so many coaches that were a part of that spectacular concoction that led to this point but you know all teams I shouldn't say all teams most teams and most good teams do get better as the mm -hmm. season goes on and that's a sign of good coaching and that's a sign of development but this is a UH football team that in my time of covering 
warrior football, rainbow warrior football, which dates back to 2001 as a full-time worker. I mean, you go back to 1998 is when I started interning. But I've never seen a team get so much better. And this was a team that knocked off two Power 5 opponents in their first two games of the year. So you can't say that they were bad to start the year. But this was a team that got exceptionally better as the team went on, or as the game went on, season went on. How did that happen? Yeah, again, I think this team had a lot of potential early, but you mentioned the early two wins against Pac-12 opponents, and then there were some struggles and there was some adversity, and that's why I think this is a resilient type of team. And I think what really finally started to happen is when they started to see more film, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that, hey, we've made these plays before in similar situations and circumstances. We've beaten Pac-12 teams that have really good athletes and good coaches. So I think they started the belief system really started to believe and then all of the goals you know when you look at the five years fifth year senior when you look at guys that have been in this program four years they remember the hard times and then they saw that there was a finish line they saw that there was an opportunity for them to be remembered along with the great teams of 2006 and 7 2010 and some of the teams in the past and they wanted to kind of establish their own you know Nick Rolovich in terms of this whole you know phase two and I think that between the coaches and the players there was this pact that we're going to get this thing done. We're going to really uh, surprise people, and we're going to be the pride of the state of Hawaii. You know, something that's really interesting that, that's developed throughout the season, and that is the quarterback situation where you had Cole McDonald start the season. Even in that first game, Shevin Cordero comes in in the second half and helps uh, preserve that win against Arizona. You have it a couple of times throughout the year where Shevin comes in for Cole. Then towards the back end of the year, you had a situation where Shevin starts and Cole comes in for Shevin. Mm -hmm. Over the last three weeks, though, you saw for the first time almost Nick Rolovich play the role of Dusty Baker, and he's a baseball manager, and he's saying, all right, well, you know, this guy's going to play at this time of the game, this guy's going to play at this time of the game, and in that San Diego State game specifically, I think was the most important mm -hmm. aspect of that game was that Cole McDonald started that game, and UH had a halftime advantage, and they were playing well. But when that second half started in that third quarter, San Diego State started blitzing from the A gap and the B gap, and they started getting in the face of Cole McDonald. And Shevin Cordero comes in and immediately uses his quick twitch, uses his mobility in the pocket and outside the pocket to get first down after first down with his legs. And that is on that first drive. Mm -hmm. And then Shevin Cordero comes back out on the field, and then he starts throwing the ball because... That defense is starting to say, wait a second, we can't do that anymore. We need to prepare ourselves for number 12. And then he was able to stretch the defense there. The way that this quarterback situation, and remember Nick Rolovich called it at first, the first world quarterback problems, the way he has been able to evolve with these two guys both being able to contribute to this team in, in the same game, and not necessarily because one is struggling, but because it is what the football game allows you to do how big is that? Not only for how this offense has performed, but what that tells the rest of the team. That This is the most high-profile position. If these two guys can work together, then why can't two safeties? Why can't defensive linemen that rotate in and out? I mean, I, I, I think from the outside looking in, think that that is a huge part of really over the last four weeks how this team has grown closer 
is because of the quarterback situation. How do you feel? Yeah, uh, what could have been a problem because, you know, there's a saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And uh, I, I think it goes back to, again, how Nick Rolovich and Craig Stutzman, and as Craig refers to as the quarterback, Hui, mm -hmm. they feel like they're a family. And although a quarterback is, you know, an alpha position and one of the most competitive positions in sports, and that's why you see in the National Football League, the, even when the game is out of hand, the starter never likes to come out of the game because he doesn't want to lose his job potentially to the backup. I, I think that Chevron Cordero, you know, one of the highest recruited players in Hawaii history, Gatorade State Player of the Year, has his Marcus own... Marcus Mariota Award winner. Yeah. Too. There you go. <laughs> and, and has such a, an incredible skill set. But when you look at both of these guys, they're both able to use the whole playbook. They're both very athletic. They're both very smart. And they both prepare like they're going to be starters. So to your point is, yes, these guys are competitive and, and, and they both want to start every week and they both want to finish every week. But you're right, Nick Rolovich has turned into almost like a baseball manager where he has to go to the bullpen. He has to change up the starting rotation. He has to feel good about who has had the best week of practice. And when you do that with the most high profile player, because Let's not forget, Cole is prolific mm -hmm. nationally yeah. for the last two years. Chevin is the future, but it's up to the, you know, the head coach, the guy that's going to make those decisions. And really, he's pretty much rolled the dice, and, and the yeah. dice have come up loaded because I think he's made great decisions and has continued to keep this manageable to the point where if I'm a defensive coordinator, I know these guys are very similar, and I know the playbook's going to be s similar, but Cole is more of an inside power runner. Uh, Shevin's more a guy that can escape the pocket or fit through a small crevice and extend plays, but they both will give you headaches and to have two quarterbacks that are two or maybe the four or five best quarterbacks in this conference on the same football team it's a blessing now of course the rainbow warriors are going to go up against boise state here saturday 11 in the morning hawaii time at albertson stadium on the blue turf and this is a a, a trip that they've made already three months ago the rainbow warriors came up to boise state mm -hmm. three first half turnovers lost by 22 points what makes you think or what gives the impression that this is a better UH football team than the one that made that trip earlier in the year. And, and keep in mind, both Cole McDonald and Chevin Cordero played in that game yes. as well. They both scored touchdowns. Lincoln Victor had, had, a, had a, his breakout game was against Boise State. Nick Mardner late had a touchdown. So these are guys that, that did see some success. Mm -hmm. but ultimately lost by 22 points. Well, I think what's different about this team is offensively, there's more of an understanding of how important the ball is and not turning it over. I think back in that stage of this kind of really, a, you know, and a Coach Jones always talked about it, breaking it down to three or four different quadrants or thirds, that stage was a stage of turnovers. Mm -hmm. They turned the ball over offensively, especially early in that football game. That was a stage of defensively not having the right alignment and assignment and giving up big plays. You've seen the last four or five weeks, the offense, running backs are not fumbling the football. Quarterbacks are not throwing interceptions. Uh, defensive linemen in second level and third level guys are tackling better and they're taking the ball away on defense. So I really feel like this team has much more confidence. They are executing. They are playing at a higher level. And I think more important than all of that is mentally. They believe in one another. They believe in the coaches and they believe in the game plan. And they have that swag now where they feel they can come into a visiting stadium on the road in the toughest venue in cold circumstances and get a victory 
because they want to be known as something special. Yeah, and they've done that in the Nick Rolovich era, been about as successful as you can be on the road as a University of Hawaii football program, and you go back to them playing their best game of the season at Nevada in similar temperatures here. Uh, today is low 30s, and that was about what it was uh, against Nevada where you pulled off that 54-3 win, uh, you know, and then they continued to win on the road in the conference, which is something that is always so difficult to do. So that is a, a, a big part. Uh, another thing with facing Boise State is trying to remove the aura of Boise State and making sure that you're playing this Boise State team and not the legend of Boise State. You and I walked in through the Hall of Fame complex here at Albertson Stadium and you saw the first thing when you walk in, three Fiesta Bowl championships. You see the jerseys on the wall. You see all the trophies. You walk out here and this is a first class facility. How does this football team, in regards to the University of Hawaii, block all that out and say, you know what? This UH football team is the same thing as Boise State, and, and this is a one game for a conference title. It doesn't matter what's happened here in the past. It doesn't matter that in 2010, uh, UH, one of the best teams we've seen in, a, in, in program history, got smoked out here by 40 points. How do you remove that and, and just face this one game? Well, I think it's the maturation of this team in terms of the growth, and they've accomplished so many obstacles in terms of beating a good San Diego State team at home, winning, as you mentioned, on the road, the early wins against the Pac-12 opponents. And and I think the way they're playing now, but you're right, Rob, it has to start early. And I think that was what happened against the University of Washington. That's what happened against Boise State in the first matchup, is they got behind early because the stage was too big for them. Uh, the setting was, was bigger than they expected. And they were expecting Boise State in Washington uh, that are extremely well coached, that have an extremely uh, high level of confidence to maybe be superior to them. I think this is a different team now. I think this team really feels like they belong. And when you feel like you belong and you feel like you have a great game plan, both offensively and defensively, and of course on special teams, I think it's a, it's a different scenario. And I think it will show early in this football game if they do things correctly, if they execute and they do what their coaches are teaching them to do this week, I think uh, this will be a ball game in the fourth quarter. I think when you look at football games, you look at matchups, it's a lot like when you when you look at a boxing match or an MMA match and you see these two fighters, okay, uh, how would fighter X defeat fighter Y? Because there always has to be a wow. You can't just, or a uh, 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 how. You can't just say, I think this team could beat right. this team and right. just because, right? There has to be a, how does this happen? And, and when I look at this UH football team and their growth over the season, I think Miles Reed and that running game, mm -hmm. which was not established yes. to that point of the season yet, and what they've been able to accomplish and their growth over the year, I think the defense being able to take the ball away yes. and uh, get in the face of quarterbacks. I mean, you look at that Army interception that Jeremiah Pritchard forced, which went into the hands of Solomon Matautia. That was something that you weren't able to do earlier in the year. When you think of ways of how the University of Hawaii can pull off this upset as 14.5-point underdogs, on a venue, on a turf that you've never won before. Do you think running the football will play a big part in that? Yeah, I do. I, I think the commitment to the run. I think even if they're not successful early, the run sets up the pass. That's why it's called the run and shoot. The run is first and then the pass. So I think that if they continue, and Mark Weber has done a great job, the offensive line coach, and you look at uh, Taonga Tuulima and, mm -hmm. and, and that whole offensive line, and we can name all of those guys, 
and now with the play of Michael Elatise and you know you you, you talk about Solo Vipulu will be back. Vipulu, yeah. uh, Elm Manning has played all, well all year long. You've got to be physical, especially that was always the knock against the run and shoot is not being able to win on the road in cold temperatures with the rain with wind and the physicality of that offensive line and the physicality of Miles Reed to me one of the most valuable players in the last five six uh, weeks of the season has been him and when Freddie Hawley is coming he's averaged over five yards so it tells you something about it all starts up front and I believe in this offensive line not just from a protection standpoint but from the physicality standpoint of running the football so it is going to be important to run the football. All right, last thing before we get to the Bose football final mailbox, and we had some tremendous questions come in, and we want to thank everyone for their support throughout mm -hmm. the season here at Bose football final. I want to ask you about defensively. We've seen the growth of this defense, and they've had four of their five really solid games as a defense here in the back end of, of this campaign. And even in a game against San Jose State where you gave up points, the defense still played well. I know that's an oxymoron to some people, mm -hmm. but it can happen. Yes. Um, because there's two teams and you know and, and San Jose State played really really good that game but when you look at Darius Muasau when you look at Jeremiah Pritchard mm -hmm. I mean even Corey Bethley yes. and what he's been able to do as of late you have your your stalwarts at corner in Cortez Davis and Regestamin Ferris but who do you think is going to have to have to have a, a big game here against Boise State for UH to pull this off? Well, I'll, I'll say, first of all, to, for Hawaii to win, they're going to have to take the ball away. And, and, and I've been saying that all year long, and I'll continue to say that probably through the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, whoever makes that big turnover, whether that is Roe Ferris, you know, a 100-yard interception to the house, whether there is Solomon Matautia, who has made many big plays this year, and even a guy like Ika Mokeke has taken the ball away this year. So they're going to have to take the ball away. But I agree with you. I think the, the key key to this defense may be some of these emerging type of stars like a Darius Moussao. Because when you look at Darius Moussao, what he brings is, even though he's a true freshman, he brings leadership. He brings the ability to line people up. And uh, he's quicker than I thought he would be sideline to sideline. And, and he's really a technically sound football player. But then you, when you talk about physicality, I love Jeremiah Pritchard and I like Corey Bethley. I think two of the toughest guys on this football team. And for Corey Bethley to get into that box, that strong safety type of mode and be able to help shut this running game down because let me tell you something about Boise is Boise runs the ball efficiently and effectively and they will try to wear you down so a guy like Corey Bethley has played very physical the last couple of weeks so I think he is important uh, but this it starts up front it starts with Blessman Ta'ala he's going to have to have a great game and then we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago is who's that other guy is it the Samuel Akuteo? Is it the Kendall Hune? It's got to be someone like that. Is Derek Thomas going to play big t uh, Saturday? It, it, that, that whole defense is going to have to step up. Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday, 11 in the morning, Hawaii time. On ESPN, it's the Rainbow Warriors against Boise State for the Mountain West Conference Championship. And it's time, like the U.S. Postal Service, rain, sleet, or snow, it's time for us to deliver the Bose football final mailbox. And the first question is, we talked about the quarterback situation, Cole McDonald, Shevin Cordero. We saw over the last four weeks a different quarterback starting in every game, a different quarterback ending each game. Mm -hmm. Who starts on Saturday? Who do you think will trot out there with the ball in hand first? First of all, if I'm a post office employee, I'd much rather work in Honolulu. <laughs> it is cold here. Um, I'm, I'm saying I'm going with Cole McDonald, and, and I don't have any inside knowledge of this. The reason why is the way he finished last week's mm -hmm. game. And if you look at a history uh, on the road, as good as Chevin has been, and he'll continue to get better and better and win on the road as well, he's struggled a little bit on the road. So I think you go with the guy who's kind of 
has been more successful on the road, who finished last week's uh, game so successfully. But trust me, if Nick Rolovich chooses Shevin Cordero, Hawaii's chances of winning are just as good because that young man can play football at a very high level. And I think, you know, we'll see both of these guys possibly uh, throughout this football game. But I, I would have to go with uh, Cole McDonald. All right. The next question is a question about units. And obviously, Cole McDonald was named team MVP at the annual award banquet here on Sunday. Um, I'm going to take quarterbacks out of it. You can't say quarterbacks <laughs> because obviously quarterbacks are yeah. valuable. I mean, right. especially in the game of American football. But mm. our question is, if you were to give an award to the most valuable unit this season, who would get that award? Yeah, and, you know, I sometimes hedge my bets, right? And I, and I, and I like to spread a lot of wealth across <laughs> a number of different positions and, and players. But I would say you'd have to say the offensive line. And the mm -hmm. reason why is because, you know, I expected Cole Laval to be maybe the NFL's uh, best prospect coming out of Hawaii. Taunga Tuulima has been in there, I think, 99% of the snaps. He's gotten bigger, stronger. He's the guy that communicates amongst that offensive line. And that offensive line, even though there's been some injuries at the guard position with Solo Vaipulu and, and uh, J.R. Hensley, you know, Michael Elatisis came in, come in and do a good job, and the tackles have been consistent. So I think the ability to not only pass protect but to run, and really the offense has scored points all year long. So I would say the offensive line. But I do want to mention the cornerback positions because in college football and in the National Football League, there's a cornerback coach and there's a safety coach. So that's almost a separate unit. In those two corners, Roe Ferris is along with uh, my man, Cortez Davis. Cortez Davis. I don't know how I forgot that, <laughs> but I'm getting old. Is uh, They've been as consistent as any corners have been in at least a decade. So, But I'd give it to the offensive line as a whole unit. Absolutely, and I think you can throw coaching staff in there if you can. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the receiver unit is six different players. Yeah. They got 1,000-yard yes. games, including Jason Matthew Sharsh, who came on late and has been so valuable yes. to this team. But definitely. But that's the great thing about this Rainbow yeah. Warrior football team is that you could legitimately make an argument for every single single unit and every single position group that has meetings in the morning to be the most valuable position group. And I think that is what ultimately has led the Bows to this point. Yeah, and, and I think you could also say on the other end of the spectrum, there hasn't been a unit that has hurt this football mm -hmm. team. The running backs early were fumbling the ball, but they've got so much yeah. better. The quarterback play you mentioned, you know, even special teams, you know, we had problems kicking field goals and stuff earlier in the season, but Ryan Muskell has turned that along. I think Michael Gobriel, you know, playing without a lack of uh, linebacker depth because when you are a special teams coach in the run and shoot you you don't have fullbacks you don't have tight ends so you're relying on linebackers and safeties to cover kicks and punts so I think the special teams unit has done some really good things as well absolutely and the last question here in Bose football final mailbox and this is a doozy my man get ready for this <laughs> all right if the University of Hawaii is able to pull off the upset on Saturday yeah. and be crowned Mountain West Conference champions on the turf of Boise State do you expect Nick Rolovich to get a offer from a Power Five conference program? Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, you, you got to, you know, he's young. He's an offensive mind. Uh, he's, he understands social media as well as regular media. You know, he's a guy that uh, understands now uh, how to be a head coach. This is his first job, but he's into his fourth season. So I think he's kind of seasoned, but he's not, you know, an old wily vet. That's what 
these big-time colleges, even the National Football League, are looking for. So I think he fits the profile, and I would expect that to happen, even if Hawaii doesn't win but plays well. I'm sure there's going to be uh, suitors out there that want think that Nick Rolovich could could do a great job at their university. So the more interesting question, or the more important question, I should say, is if that happens, do you think the University of Hawaii is in a place, in position to make any kind of attempt to make sure that he does not walk away from this program? Yeah, well, you know, financially, the University of Hawaii is, seems like they're never in a good place. <laughs> but you you would think that from a corporate sponsorship, mm -hmm. or you think from individuals or even the government in terms of, you know, the thing about football that I think we have to continue to educate people in the community about is when this football pr program is successful, it not only helps the football program, but it helps all the other non-revenue producing sports. It helps the image of the state of Hawaii. And I think it's really important to have a great football program so you know I was part of the the June Jones exodus mm -hmm. if you want to call it that and by losing June Jones I think set this program back maybe a decade and uh, Nick Rolovich and his staff have has done a phenomenal job so hopefully we Hawaii will step up to the plate and at least you know I think there's an understanding as a coach in Hawaii you're not going to get paid maybe the, the the market rate but at the same time it's Hawaii but you have to be competitive and I hope Hawaii is competitive. Well, no matter what happens here on Saturday, win, lose, or draw against Boise State for the Mountain West Conference Championship, this program and all the talk throughout the season has been how does this program grow? How do you get people back into the stadium? How do you get the interest up? How do you get corporate sponsorships to come in and want to support this team? I think no matter what happens here on Saturday, I think the University of Hawaii football team has done just about as much as you can ask in one season uh, for what they've been able to do in, in the attack. And it will be a never-ending attack. And it will be a continued chipping away. And like you brought up a, a couple of weeks ago on Bo's Football Final, that there are many holes in the boat, and you've got to plug them one at a time. I, I think that you couldn't have asked more out of a program. And, and speaking of the University of Hawaii football team, players and coaches, um, than what they were able to do this year, correct? Yeah, uh, totally, because you had a challenging schedule that you beat two Pac-12 opponents. You beat a good San Diego State football program that just beat BYU this last weekend. You're in a conference championship, which you've never been in before. So I think, you know, I mean, the people out there that think that, you know, Hawaii is going to be Alabama, that's not going to happen, at least not for a long time. But but I think they've accomplished many, many, many goals. And I, and I think it's something that we can all be proud of. And whether they win, lose uh, this, this Saturday does not define this football program and the growth of this football program. Do we hope that it continues to compete for a Mountain West championship every year? Yes, we do. And I think there will be much more consistency than in the past. So if you are thinking about jumping on this bandwagon, whether it's financially or just as a fan, I think the time is to get on this bandwagon because this program, is. there's a lot to be proud of. The biggest game in quite some time for this program will be played on this blue turf on Saturday. Again, 11 in the morning Hawaii time on ESPN. It is 19th ranked Boise State against the Rainbow Warrior football team. Just one win away from 10 victories in a season for the first time since 2010. And if you're a fan of trends and that's something that you like to look at, only four times in Mountain West Conference Championship game history has a rematch from earlier in the season have taken part. The losing team in the regular season, 4-0 in Mountain West Conference title games, including last season in Fresno State, 
beat Boise wow. State on this turf. So we shall see what happens. The Rainbow Warriors, if you're a fan of trends, that's something you can latch on to and say, hey, maybe there is a chance. Again, the Bows will be 14.5 point underdogs in this game, but we've seen UH do some crazy things this year, some unforgettable things, and I think this would be at the top of the list if they're able to pull it off. Yeah, and, and something to look forward to, too, no matter what happens on Saturday afternoon, 11 o'clock Hawaii uh, time, is think about this. They're either going to play BYU in Hawaii, mm -hmm. in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, or they're going to go possibly to Las Vegas and play maybe a Washington or a USC or a Pac-12 team. So, God, I mean, there's still football to be played yeah. and exciting football to be played. That's why this season has been so great. Absolutely. And again, we will see what happens on Saturday. Mountain West Conference Championship game on Saturday. 11 a.m. Hawaii time on ESPN. It's the Rainbow Warriors and the Boise State Broncos. Stay with KHON2 and KHON2.com throughout the week as we will be here taking you on the road to the Mountain West Conference Championship game. A big mahalo goes out to KFC and Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union for sponsoring this Bose football mm -hmm. final here in Boise, Idaho. We need to get into some heated weather because it is freezing out here in 30 degrees. Am I shaking and shivering? Yes, you are. I can hear your teeth chattering, my man. But again, hey, thanks a lot, Rich, for joining us. And again, catch us along the way here on this Mountain West Conference Championship game road in Boise State. For Rich Miano, I'm Rob DeMello. Thanks for watching, everybody. Aloha.